Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How are you all doing? Are you staying peachy out there? I'm peachy right now because it is feeling like summer over here. We have had a couple days of rain, but it's fine. It's April, it's spring, I can deal with that. But we are getting closer and closer to summer. We have had some really nice days, and because of that, it will lead me into the new things with me. This past weekend, I had a barbecue with some friends. It was so nice to just be outside doing something that felt a little bit normal. We also went to a golf simulator, and if you guys have not done this before, they're so fun. It's different than Top Golf if you've done that. This is like a big screen where you're literally golfing and hitting the screen with the ball. And there are different games that you can play. It's super fun. There's food, there's drinks. It's just a good thing to do with your friends. I don't know if everybody has that in their area, but the one that we went to is called Three Jack. Super fun. Another way to just feel a little sense of normalcy. Other than that, I finished watching Ted Lasso. As predicted, this show did not disappoint at all. It's so funny through and through to the end. I cannot wait for the next season. Every single character is just hilarious. They fill every single role that you would want them to fill. My personal favorite character is Keely. I love her. She's so sweet, so nice to everybody in her life. I just love her. If you've seen the show, you'll know what I mean. And if you haven't seen it yet, then watch out for Keely because she's my number one. Lastly for what's new is that it is my mom's birthday today. Shout out to my mom. I love you so much. Happy birthday. I feel like all of my family's birthdays fall on the day of the podcast release, which no complaints there at all because I love to be able to shout them out. I'm very excited to celebrate her all day today and every day, honestly, because she is the best. I have an insane amount of respect for my mom. So I love you, mom, so much. I know that you're listening, even if you're not listening on your birthday. But either way, today, Thursday, April 8th, is your day. All right, let's get right into what's hot. If I have some Bridgerton fans out there, which I am sure that I do because basically everybody watched Bridgerton during this pandemic, then this will be sad news for all of you as it was for me. The actor Reggie John Page, who played the Duke, will not be reprising his role for the second season of Bridgerton. So sad. I feel like everybody loved him. He was such a good character. I think he played the role great. And I wanted to see him on the next season, but no, guys, he's not coming back. In true Bridgerton fashion, they released the statement by saying, Dear readers, while all eyes turn to Lord Anthony Bridgerton's quest to find a Viscountess, we bid adieu to Reggie John Page, who so triumphantly played the Duke of Hastings. The announcement read, We'll miss Simmons' presence on screen, but he will always be a part of the Bridgerton family. So sad, but I was reading more about this, and apparently he only wanted to do it for a short amount of time. That was one of the appeals of the role to him. This would only be one season. It wouldn't be insanely time-consuming. So I guess he got what he wanted out of it, and I think that we got what we wanted out of it, but I could have used a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. Next up on What's Hot is a documentary. This one has had a lot of buzz. People have been talking about it. Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil. The final episode of the four-episode season on YouTube came out this week, and this miniseries was great, you guys. I really liked it. It really discussed all about her addiction, her overdose, how she's healing and recovering from past trauma. I think a lot of people are very aware of this now, but if you didn't know, Demi Lovato had an overdose in 2018, 
She had suffered a lot from drug and alcohol abuse in the past. She had previously been six years sober, but then on and off again after those six years. And it was just a very tough battle for her as it is for anybody that struggles with addiction because it is very much a disease. This documentary really hit on a lot of great points that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. So I really appreciated that from the get-go. It was insane that they filmed an entire documentary before the overdose. Like they had plans to put out this documentary and then the overdose happened and then they felt like they couldn't put this out because it was pre-overdose, which completely makes sense because the things that she was saying and the things that she was doing, she was in such a different painful headspace. And I think that how they incorporated parts of that old documentary that never aired into this new one was really great. It was seamless. And you could see how she was struggling and maybe if they had just put that out, you wouldn't have maybe even known, which is crazy because a lot of it is so internal. So many people that struggle with addiction, they keep so much of it to themselves and they don't let people in, which I think is maybe one of the hardest parts for the people struggling and also the people around. But I really appreciated the transparency in this documentary. They explained that because her team and everybody around her knew that she struggled with addiction and eating disorders, that she was on a very strict diet, she was controlled, she was very much managed, and she was watched all the time. People were making sure that she wasn't overdosing. People were making sure that she wasn't having an eating disorder anymore. People were making sure that she wasn't consuming alcohol or drugs And that insane amount of control around her life, people watching her constantly, is what she explained really led her over the edge and made her rebel and relapse. I think it's one thing if you're doing it for yourself and you have the support of your loved ones around you. But this was on such a bigger scale for her. She was being watched like a hawk because she was in the public eye so much. She was meant to be this perfect, ideal person who had overcome addiction. And that's not really the reality of it. You know, you have to work on that every single day. You have to make that actual choice. Again, it's a disease. It was also really interesting to me how many decisions she allowed her team to make for her. Her security, her business managers, they were making so many huge decisions in her life. And I think too, that's because she trusted them so much and they were almost like family to her. But I think combining your team, the people that you have to work with all the time, with the people that are making your decisions, and then also layering on all of the pressure from your fans. Not that there's anything bad about people loving you and looking up to you and seeing you as a role model. You wouldn't think, right? I mean, if somebody sees you as a role model, that seems great. That seems amazing. It seems like you're so inspirational to them. But it also puts you on this pedestal. You have to be perfect all of the time. And she's just one human, just one person that struggles like everybody else. But for her, it's so much more layered. It's not just your everyday struggles. It's so much more than that that she was dealing with. Not to mention so much past trauma. And they did an amazing job of diving into that in the documentary too. She was so completely open. And I think that this was probably a pretty therapeutic process for her as well. Just being able to open up about her past, about things that she's been living with and dealing with for forever. And again, when you hold so much inside without being able to express yourself or talk to people about these things... It's going to do crazy things to your psyche. And even the people that she trusted the most, the people that were closest to her, she was still lying to them. She wasn't being honest about what she was struggling with. And she wasn't being honest about what she was doing, the drugs she was taking, how much she was consuming. 
And that's another huge part, that secret keeping, being able to fool those around you is something that I think was really important to touch on in the documentary, and I'm so glad that they did. And a lot of the people that were involved in this, all of her family, her friends, the people that she worked with, just them being able to say, we didn't realize how big of a problem this was because of how much she internalized. And I think that that is just a great reminder to everybody, no matter how small or big the scale is, that you have no idea what's going on in the person next to you's life. No matter how close you are to them, no matter how much you think that you understand them, this is why we have to have open conversations with people. We have to ask people, how are you doing? And mean it. Mean the question that you're asking. Actually want to know the answer. Tell people around you that you care about them, that you're here for them. Even if you think that it doesn't matter, it likely could do something so impactful for somebody next to you. And just hearing more about her overdose and the actual events that took place, how bad it really was, because in the media, I feel like it blew up of just Demi Lovato, she had an overdose, no longer sober, all of these headliners, but I don't think the public really realized how bad this was. She had three strokes, heart attack, brain damage from the strokes. She can't drive anymore. She has blind spots in her vision, multiple organ failures. This was huge for her. And I know that she talks about it waking her up and kind of realizing this is completely rock bottom. But even after the overdose, she talks about doing more drugs, drinking more. And that's another thing that I felt like was so important about this documentary to just show that just because something traumatic happens just because you think you've hit rock bottom and even if you did hit rock bottom that doesn't mean that it's instantly solved these things are works in progress and it's clear that she's taking steps you know she said that she needed new management she went to scooter braun now which i thought was very interesting seeing as he helped a lot with justin bieber and a lot that he was going through not just within his career, but personally, when he was quote-unquote spiraling, Scooter Braun was there. So I don't know, maybe this guy understands these stars on a different level and is able to take them under his wing and understand that just because people have these things that they're dealing with in their personal life doesn't mean that they still can't be successful. So I don't know, overall, I thought that it was a really great docu-series. YouTube has been doing some really great content like this where I feel like we get more raw and open conversations and topics and I personally really really appreciate that obviously we have no idea how Demi Lovato's journey and the rest of her life is going to go she had mentioned that her initial sobriety felt like an ultimatum and this new sobriety she feels like she has more control over which I think are steps forward in a positive way and I am hopeful that she will have more help and she will be able to tackle this even more but again, it's a disease. It's an everyday choice that she has to be making to take that positive step forward. But I'm glad that the conversations are being had. I'm glad that people are realizing that it's okay to talk about this, that we should be talking about this because so many more people deal with it and struggle with it than I think people realize. And when you're going through a lot that feels traumatic or all-consuming or anything like that, you feel like you're on an island you feel like absolutely no one understands trust me I have felt like that in my life multiple times but I've also found that when I open up when I have real conversations with people when I find people that have gone through similar things or can relate in some kind of way that makes it just a little bit easier to deal with 
So I don't know what you guys are going through in your lives right now, but just know people out there love you. There are always people and resources that you can reach out to. If you ever need a friend, if you need somebody to talk to, DM me at typicallypeachy on Instagram. Seriously, we are a community strong. Even though small right now, we are growing and we are here for each other. So this is a safe space. If you ever need anything, you guys, we're friends. Don't forget that. All right, let's turn this over into something a little bit lighter. Our next What's Hot topic is a little sustainable beauty news. According to Vogue Business, L'Oreal, the French cosmetic giant, has invested 1 billion euros so far into its sustainability roadmap, with 4,000 researchers dedicated to realizing its goals by 2030. Reaching those targets is next. So what are those targets, you may ask? Good question. The primary target is for 95% of ingredients to be derived from renewable plant sources, abundant materials, or circular processes by 2030. UV filters, hair dyes, longwear products, and silicone-like sensorial textures are among the petrochemicals taking longest to eliminate, says Sustainable Innovator Director Laurent Gilbert. This is really interesting to me because you think about ethics surrounding cosmetics and beauty products and the really big issues that are being tackled within that space. And I feel like we focus most on stopping animal testing or deforestation. This article explains that the highest environmental impact of beauty products is the formulation and ingredients followed by packaging. L'Oreal plans to use the green sciences approach to sustainably focus on eco-extraction, low-impact processes to cull ingredients from plants and biotechnology, which streamlines the production of complex ingredients. It also uses green chemistry, transforming renewable resources into ingredients of value and minimizing waste. So I think that this is all really amazing. I think that when we think of sustainability, we often think of it in terms of fashion and textiles, but there is a whole space that is diving into this even more, which I think is amazing. They're also planning on focusing on consumer education so that just because they put out these products doesn't mean that it's a one and done. People are actually going to be able to learn more about what's in the cosmetics that they're using. People are really caring about these initiatives, which I think is so important. We should be thinking about what we're using on the day-to-day, what we're putting on our body, what we're using in our hair, what's touching our skin. All of these things matter not only to us as human beings, but also to our planet. So this is great. I love reading these stories. I love catching you guys up on the next sustainable thing, whether it be fashion, beauty, products, whatever it is. I'll keep you guys informed. Don't worry. So I guess L'Oreal is the next one making moves. We love to see it. That wraps up what's hot. Let's get into what's good. Speaking of beauty news and products, I'm sharing with you guys my signature scent, which is from a brand that L'Oreal actually owns, which is Lancome. The scent that I have that if you were to ask anybody what I smell like, it is La Vie et Belle. I use the perfume, I use the mini purse perfume, I use the lotion, that is my scent, that is me. I love it so much. It is just the perfect combination of vanilla, very clean, kind of soft and not overly sweet. I don't feel like it's too much, it's not all consuming, it's just perfect for me. If you guys want to check it out, if you want to smell like me, then La Via Belle, that is the way to go. It's my all-time favorite 
I think it probably always will be. There's just something about having a signature scent. It's one of my favorite things when I will see somebody after a long time and I can just smell them and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is you. Like that smell is you. It brings back so many memories. It just reminds me of you. And I have gotten that statement so many times as well that you smell like you. Oh my gosh, I feel like I haven't smelt you in so long. There's something so powerful about scent. It brings back so many memories and I love that. Next up on what's good is a TV show, one that I have started and finished within a week. It's on Netflix. Firefly Lane. It's with Katherine Heagle and Sarah Chalk. They're both incredible. It's such a great show about a 30-year-old friendship, complicated relationships. They were more than friends. These two are family, which I relate to on such a personal level because that is exactly how I feel about my closest friends. They are some of my favorite people in the world. So I just love the representation of friendship in this show. And it's complicated when you are so close to people, when you know everything about them, how they act, how they react, their mannerisms, the way that they interact with other people, the things that they don't know about themselves, the things that they are hyper aware of about themselves. I just think friendships are so unique in all of the nuances. And I loved how they touched on a lot of them in this show. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I wanted more. I just wanted the next and the next and the next episode. So if you haven't already seen it, I know a lot of people already have, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend Firefly Lane on Netflix. Next up, a product for you guys, Bose Color SoundLink Speakers. I have had my Bose speaker for a while now. It is a turquoise blue color. It's super cute. It is great sound quality. It's reasonably priced for a speaker. You can take it anywhere. It's just a great product. If you don't have a speaker and you need one and you kind of want like a starter one, I don't know if that's a weird thing to say about speakers, a starter speaker, but I think that this is a perfect one and it has lasted the test of time. So I feel like I can honestly recommend this to you guys. Bose Colorlink Sound Speaker. Another product that I have is not old, it's actually brand new, and it's a Lululemon Break a Trail Half Zip Hoodie. I got this on sale, I picked it up this past weekend. It's so cute, it's light pink, it's lightweight, it's a really nice material. I feel like I could work out in it, I could go on a walk with it, I could just wear it around the house. It's really great, and the color is perfect for spring going into summer. It was just all around a good find, and they have multiple other ones there, so if you want something similar, check it out. Again, the Break a Trail Half Zip Hoodie. And last up for what's good, a song, only one for this week, July by Noah Cyrus. I actually heard this song, I've heard it before, but I heard it when I was really listening to it on American Idol, one of my favorite contestants sang this song, and it is just so special. If you haven't heard it, go give it a listen. It is on our Typically Peachy What's Good playlist on Spotify. That's it for What's Good, guys. Let's get into Need to Know Basis. I have a very simple advice topic for you that is, in my opinion, incredibly impactful. For yourself, for myself, for those around you, for the people in your life, and for the strangers around you. This advice is to follow your impulse. If you feel like you need to speak up, speak up. If you feel like you should help your friend, help your friend. If the dishwasher is done running and you feel like you should put the dishes away, even though you didn't start the dishwasher, put them away. Don't think yourself out of your impulses because usually they're right. 
There's a reason your brain first goes to thinking that you should help out or say something nice to a stranger. Our impulses are very, very smart. I think we oftentimes have really nice things to say or helpful things that we really want to do. And what stops us is thinking about it for too long. That thought process, that overanalyzation, going past your impulse, makes us think that it's weird to say anything or it's not what we really want to do. But trust your impulses. Trust them. Especially if it's something kind, if it's something that's going to help people, if it's something that's going to help yourself. You know, if you think about doing something right now as opposed to doing it later, you have an impulse to just get the thing done. You have an impulse to not procrastinate, then don't procrastinate. Do what your impulse is telling you to do. Obviously, there are exceptions to this rule, you guys. I'm not crazy to think that we shouldn't always trust our impulse. But a lot of times, that overthinking process stops us from doing really great things. Those small acts of kindness can make a big impact in not only other people's lives, but in your life too. So trust your impulses. Go with your gut. Make that snap decision. Thank you guys for listening this week. I hope that you enjoyed. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some of that content that I talked to you guys about. Check it out if you're at all interested. I highly recommend. Another shout out to my amazing mom. I love you so much. Happy birthday. I can't wait to celebrate you. Thank you for all that you do. You are such an inspiration in my life today and every day. And as for everybody else, I love you all as well. Do something kind for yourself. Do something kind for somebody that you love. Do something kind for a stranger. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. 